All right, all right, all right. Here we are. Play the Advantage podcast episode number two. I'm Danny Day, and tonight joined by Cody Carlson as always, and we got a special guest joining us as well, Mr. Gabe Ramirez. Cody, Gabe, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Glad to be here. Great to be here again. Uh, Gabe, I don't know about that hoodie you got, whole city, but... Uh, Top of the table, you know. my man. Top of the table. <laughs> Top of the table in what, league, what is it, league three, league, league something one. like that? You know, okay. Round up, league, round up. League one. Yeah. So you're, you're looking, whole city going for that promotion to the championship. That would be a big oh, one. Yeah. Oh, guaranteed. Not even going to go to the playoffs. Automatic promotion. Guaranteed. Okay, hold, <laughs> hold me to that. We'll check back with you in May. Ten games to go. <laughs> well, good. Well, we are here to talk all things United States soccer men's national team. Um, we've got even some Olympics coming up here as well. We'll touch on that a little bit tonight. But, uh, Gabe, it's uh, it's good to have you. Obviously, uh, for those of you who, who don't know us, uh, all three of us attended the University of Redlands, played men's soccer there. And uh, so it's uh, it's good to get the, the boys back together and uh, talking some soccer on the, on the national team level. And, uh, Gabe, we want to ask you, uh, you think back to your memories over as a child and growing up, what is your... What has been your favorite U.S. men's national team memory from over the years? Do they have to win? No. no. Just any, um, any. Because uh... I was at, I was, I was at the game where Gio Santos, or Dos Santos, chipped <laughs> Timmy Howard, and uh, you know created one of the best Concacaf goals of all time um, in the what was that the Gold Cup final. Um, born and raised in Pasadena, so every time the U.S. men's national team plays at the the Rose Bowl, I'm there. Or girl, or women's national team. Um, I was at the uh, was it '98 women's final too. It was uh, Brianna or what's her face taking her shirt off and and going down to her knees, and <laughs> I was there too. So anytime they play at the uh, the, the Rose Bowl, we're, we're we're there. Nice, nice, Gabe. I have a. Um... Just to throw in my favorite U.S. men's national team memory, um, one of them actually was with you uh, in the 2014 World Cup down in Brazil, right? And oh. we were watching at a bar in Pasadena, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we had a I think very was, responsible um, occasion. Yep. Well, sure, certainly, but um, you know, we were having a good time, and uh, I think it was a like a friend of a friend that you had there. A friend of an ex. I ended up. Yeah. Right. But I ended up giving away kind of my front row seat for the game to watch on the TV. I was like, oh, no, you guys can you guys can sit there. I was being a nice guy, but I also kind of wanted to stand and socialize and, you know, have a beer and stuff. But anyways, we're playing Portugal and, the, you know, Portugal freaking ties it up at the end of the game. And this guy's the only guy. He stands up and he's yelling, yeah, yeah. And so I get up in his face and I'm like, you're a Portugal fan. I gave up my suit, my seat for you. Are you kidding me? And I get up on his grill, and he's like, "You want things outside, bro?" <laughs> and then Gabe, Gabe, you for once were the the voice of reason, mm. actually. It's, and you it's, were like, it's, "Hey, it's, man, it's on the World Cup cycle. Every four years, I'm, I'm reasonable, <laughs> you know. But for the, oh, for the other man. three years, I'm out of I'm out of pocket." <laughs> yeah, but Gabe, I, I thank you for actually talking some reason. You're like, "Hey, man." He can actually support whatever team he wants. And I was like, what? I mean, it was still a, ter- was was like still a-, a terrible decision on his part. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, good times other than that, right? Good times. So, yeah. Those cool. Well, good- Gabe, I got I, I got a follow-up question, though. Um, and, and that would be favorite moment overall for the University of Redlands Bulldog soccer program in your four years. What would you say if you had to narrow it down to your favorite memory or moment? Oh. 
putting you on the spot here, Gabe. I know that's that, that gets real deep real quick. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're trying to time me and Ralph in a massive fight. That was probably it. No, 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 that wasn't that. Um, <laughs> it's got to be one of the your corner kicks to my header goals. I'm right, sure. exactly. Every 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 goal against Claremont counts double. So I fortunately yeah. I, I got a lot of stats against them. I mean, you can check the record for the music. <laughs> um, I think it was almost every game. Like one or two, I, I, I you know you know take the corner and miss the header. Um, but you know that 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 run your junior year, my sophomore year was you know obviously I think uh, all, but one of the best you know times of all of our lives, and and it was it was unfortunate the way it ended, and you know I had a chance in that game that you know we all have our, our memories of stuff that we'll we'll never uh, you know not lose sleep over, um, but you know that whole run and the team and the group of guys we had, I think that was. Uh, the epitome of brother soccer for me because from that point, you know, those, those following years, it, it just it didn't match that group, you know. So, um, I don't know, was that 20, what, 2010, 2011, or 2011, 2012? That was, yeah, that was 2011. Yeah. Fall yeah. season. It was, just, yeah. it was just, uh, just a dope group of dudes. And, uh, you know, outside of the whole not losing ever, it was great. <laughs> it was, yeah. We were also not losing a great group of dudes. So, um, I think that yep. that was that was uh, the top of the wrestling for me. That was a good year, and you had a big goal in the uh, the second round there against Claremont. Uh, uh, the, the, well, we call that the, the home one page. That se- we call that the, home the one page. that sealed the one that sealed yeah. the deal. Yeah, we call that the home page. Yeah, um, yeah, some good know. memories. And, and talking about, I guess, talk talking about clutch goals, Gabe. You scored some clutch goals in your career, but let's talk U.S. Men's National Team. Let's do it right now. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at our. Starting 11, Cody and I talked about this on the last podcast. And, uh, you know, right now we don't have a clear number nine. Who, who's going to be our, our goal scorer going forward? I told Cody last week and I'm all in on team uh, Daryl DK or Daryl, however you say his last name, I'm not going to butcher yeah, it. Daryl um, You go across seas, you go to the championship, you know, obviously, Paul City spent a lot of time down there. Um, and, and you show <laughs> up in, in, in seven games and score three or four goals. Um, one of which was definitely a banger. I don't know if you checked out the one against was it Birmingham last weekend. Um, you know, I, I have you know my eye on him to see if he can if he can hold down that spot and if he's gonna move overseas to, to for, for permanent. You obviously Orlando City just signed Alexander Pacho too. So how are they both gonna play at Orlando? I don't really know. Um, so that's what that's why I have my eye on the number nine. Um, you know, obviously we have we have Tim Way going tomorrow, like you said. Um, but that big burly, you know, uh, uh, number nine doesn't get much bigger than Daryl. Yeah, no kidding. I know Cody's a big fan of his for sure. And I saw, I think it was today or yesterday, uh, Stuart Holder and Taylor Twelman um, sending out a report that apparently Orlando City turned down a ten million dollar offer for him from one of the big six Premier League clubs. Does that mean? I does mean, that mean Liverpool, Arsenal, or does that just mean like West Ham, <laughs> Leicester City? Like, do we Burnley. know or do we not really sure? <laughs> you know, it's a great, that's a great question. Um, but I mean, gosh, for a guy who's really not that had that much professional experience to have an incredible year in Orlando this last year that he had, uh, and then to, you know, be doing so well already, what Barnsley's won seven in a row since he's joined the team, they're in the promotional playoff now. I mean, he's It'll be interesting to see how that uh, that number nine spot develops for the U.S. men's national team over the course of these next, what, six months prior to our qualifiers? Yeah, no doubt. I think 
Gabe, he's I have him second in my depth chart right now. As in who's the one? I mean, I think he's like Josh oh. Sargent right now because it's a G- yeah, yeah it's, not fair. it's not really <laughs> yeah, fair. You know, really you get, fair. You, um, I mean, Josh, Sargent this has scored bagged three goals in the last what three games in the Bundesliga. Right? I know, he so, won five zero. One of them he score. So what was he doing? Just hanging out? Well. <laughs> well that's a good question. No, no. Oh, let me call him up. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Daryl Dike, I mean, he's like Josie Altador 2.0 for me, right? I, I think he maybe could be as good as Josie, maybe better. We'll see. I think, I mean, I mean, same type of, like, physical presence back to goal forward. That's just, like, as a – Danny, you're a center back. If if you have to defend a, a, a target nine like that, I mean, that's that's scary. That's oh, not yeah. a fun day. No. So. That's a battle. That's a battle. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at Josh Sargent, you look at Daryl Dike. I mean, I guess that's a good question, too, is, is – is Josie Altador still in the conversation? I mean, obviously he scored, or he's played in a couple of different World Cups. Um, yeah, he was a part of that uh, really uh, disaster, you know, three, four years ago, uh, not qualifying for the World Cup. But man, I mean, he's a guy who's got experience. He's still only 31. Um, and when he's healthy, he's still the, a, a threat, no doubt about it. Uh, I think he's fallen off of a lot of people's radars, and mine included, but... Uh, I, I would imagine that when it comes to world, if we had a World Cup qualifier tomorrow, I think Berhalter has got him on the 18-man squad. Um, he's probably on the game day roster, and, and may whether he's starting or coming off of, off the bench as a sub. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I mean, don't write him off just yet. I mean, he is injury prone. I mean, I think Alexi Lawless is uh, someone who's always a huge Josie fan too. And he's saying, yep, Josie's the starting nine until proven otherwise. So, And I take everything yeah. back I said about Josh Sargent because he got the only yellow card the game against uh, Byron today. And so you can lose 3-1, but if the only guy who got a yellow card was you, all right. More props <clears throat> to you, Josh Sargent. Yeah. Well, yes, he, he exactly. actually, he, he, he should have had an assist. He, he played the through ball for a guy who just blew the breakaway. Uh, it, Story of my life. Uh, Story of my life. Was, sa- was saved, right? But then uh, the, the follow-up shot yeah, was buried. So, yeah. Uh, I think that you, you, you know, you've seen Sargent produce so well over in the Bundesliga. I mean, I shouldn't say so well. He produces well at times. But he on Werder Bremen, right, they create so few chances. And he has so little service to him. The fact that he's been able to produce, I think it's something along the lines of six or seven goals this year across all competitions, is still impressive. And the fact that he's got them mid-table in Bundesliga, too. Um, he's their leading goal scorer. Uh, I, I think that he's definitely... I, I want to see him continue to develop. Um, but gosh, this is that that spot for me is still wide open for sure over the course of these next six months. And really, someone I hope solidifies himself as they're our go-to guy. And I don't think we have that yet. Does he have more goals than the kid at Schalke yet, or no? <laughs> then Hoppy. Yeah. Gosh, Who's got more? That, that's a good question. <laughs> B- B- Bundesliga goals. I think they might be tied yeah. now, or Sergeant might have leveled. It's nice to get three in one game, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it, what, what, Gabe, what else for you? I mean, you're starting 11. If you just had to, you know, go back to front or any kind of positions, who are your key players who, who you want to see really excel for the U.S. men's national team if we had a World Cup qualifier tomorrow? That's what I was saying to Cody last week is that, you know, anyone I pick is almost the same size as me, which is, is you know, <laughs> that's a great recipe for, um, you know, some crosses and some, uh, you know, diving and a couple yellow cards here and there. But, are you <laughs> and conceding on exactly conceding not, on set not getting back on defense? Yeah. Um, and so I, I was yeah. wondering about that. You know, <laughs> the midfield of the U.S. National Team going forward with Weston and and Pulisic and, and Gio Reyna, and if Musa uh, commits or not, we'll see. 
Um, but what's the midfield going to look like going this next cycle and, and especially in the next World Cup? Who's going to be the experience if there is any, if we make the World Cup or if we make the World Cup? Um, and, and who's going to be, you know, captaining the team in whole? Uh, is it going to be John Brooks? If it's not John Brooks, who's the next person? You know, um, they're all under 23, 24. So it, it, where do you um, have that stability and how, how consistent it's going to be? I mean, Pulisic isn't starting consistently for a team right now. Um, obviously, Kenny is. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how that develops. But that's that's the big question for me as we go to the next cycle. Yeah. Again. What do you feel um, lineup-wise in, in terms of formation? Uh, you know, looking at the, the players that the U.S. men's national team has to choose from at the moment, um, what kind of formation do you think it would be that would be best suiting for a successful um, qualifying campaign? I, it, may, it might that change. I mean, that's game. the question for me is, is it, how do you construct midfield? Is it going to be five or is it going to be four? Um, is it going to be Ad, uh, Tyler Adams and, and Weston McKinney holding and then you go with Reyna and Pulisic on the wings and, you know, you know Musa. Uh, Musa, what, I, I can't ever, I'm terrible with names, so I apologize for that on the, on the, on the front. But, um, you know, trying to, yeah, yeah trying to see Musa, if it, you're right. it's hard to know who's going to commit and who's not going to commit and, and until you get there. Um, you know, we obviously, that's where I feel like we're the deepest and obviously with the youth coming up as well with, with the younger kids, um, who again, we are, we have a lot of dual nationals. Um, how do you construct midfield? And, and uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna nail the formation that that Cody said last week when, when he was over here. But um, you know, obviously, the coach plays a certain way, and so if we're if we're slotting into that and we don't have a choice, we're gonna have to make some uh, concessions here and there. Yeah, well, I think you know, Burhalter's It seems that he's pretty gung-ho on a 4-3-3, right? It seems like kind of the, this, this system of play that, that the U.S. Men's National Team is is going with under him. Um, personally, I think I look at our personnel and I think that, yes, 4-3-3 definitely works, no question about that. But uh, I think we might even be able to do a 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2, most likely a 3-4-3 because, um, I mean, Serginho Des is a natural wingback. Right on the right side, yeah. just bombing up and down, and he's he's even been playing a right-sided wing back for Barcelona recently. Right, he's so effective going forward, and now if you put him in that role um, in a three-four-three, three, he's the wide right of the midfield four. I think that could really be good for us. And the same with Anthony Robinson on the left, or whoever it may be. Maybe it's Reggie Cannon, maybe Sam Vine, someone out there as a left-sided wing back. Um, you know, I think I think we have personnel that could really that formation or that system of play could work. And then the the two center mids with Weston McKinney and, and Tyler Adams, those guys cover so much ground. They're so mobile, right, in the center of the park that they that you could play a you know, a four across the midfield there and they could do the job, I think. So um, and then Pulisic and Reyna and whoever the nine is, Sargent up top in the three. I like that. And they're just making all kinds of darting runs going forward and causing chaos. So, um, But that leaves the question for the back three. Like, John Brooks is one of them. Who are the other two, like, center backs that we go with? Maybe Anthony Robinson isn't a left-sided wingback. Maybe he's the left side of the, the back three. Um, do we like Matt Piazza or are we not? Because I think... I'm I think not, Piazza's not a Piazza fan. Nope. You're going to take nope. him or, or Mark McKenzie? I, 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 Who do you want? Or Cody, 
McKinsey, okay. man, all the way. I, I saw I saw um, someone, yeah, have the idea of the three four three. Maybe that suits us better right now with that wing back idea. I and I, so I'm happy you mentioned that, Cody, because I I in my I've kind of changed my thinking. I've always been a four three three formation guy, but then you look at our guys that we have. I think if you get John Brooks um, back there with Chris Richards and Mark McKenzie, I think that is a dynamic back three. Um, incredibly athletic. I mean, the amount that Chris Richards has improved, even over the course of these last six months, has been... I mean, you've seen him at Hoffenheim. He is absolutely killing it there. Um, I, I think that, it, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, he's got to be a Big Richard. And then you... Yeah. you yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right, Richard. Danny, Danny is a huge Chris Richard. Yeah, that's right. But then you got Mark McKenzie too, right? He's been impressing. I mean, obviously with the union this last year, but now over it with Gank. So I, I think that uh, moving forward, you have that back three. Okay, whether you end up going to four in the back, then you've got three good options for two center backs. John Brooks has obviously been phenomenal for Wolfsburg all year long, and he's been a consistent force. And so uh, I guess yeah, I'd have to say that that would be. In, in my mind right now, I mean, you look at the way that Chelsea's playing with the three in the back system that they've been implementing since Tuchel's taken over, right? They've been solid, super solid defensively. Yeah. They're, they're not allowing next to, you know, yeah. no goals at all. And so that three in the back system with those wing backs could be a really effective way um, if, you're, if you're looking to get through some qualifying games and, and keeping those shutouts c- could be good. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Gabe, what do you think? Uh, I mean, Danny's obviously got his, uh, his picks for center backs with uh, Mark McKenzie and, and Chris Richards, a couple of young guys, of which I have high hopes for. I will, um, I, I will agree with Danny. In the future. That, you know, right. any right. guy who take a, a starting position, somebody who came from the University of Redlands is probably, you know, a quality player. Um, so Mark <laughs> McKenzie's got my vote, you know, 10 out of 10 times. Um, you know, but also, again, for, with that defensive back line, it's – you know the international experience when when you come on that you know big stage when it's you know you're going up against the top line of Mexico and, and Jamaica and Costa Rica and you know if it's John Brooks who who do you trust next to him and and again who do you trust in the goal are we going Stefan for the next 15 years like is that is that game plan or or you know what what do we think is goal there? yeah what do you I mean, think what do you obviously, think obviously uh, at the best club for our current goalies right now and he's but he's not playing regularly, but every chance he gets, he's killing it. Um, and, and if, you know, I, I clearly was never a goalie. I didn't play defense to begin with. But, you know, <laughs> it, it's hard to imagine, you know, someone holding down that position for the next 15 years. So um, there's obviously, we're always, it seems like, staffing goalie. Um, but again, if you're going with him in the next qualifying cycle, he's going to be, it's his first qualifying cycle. Um, he's never had to play on the road right. in, in any of these, you know, Central American countries or, or Serbian countries. Um, and you compare that with Anthony Robinson or Sergio Dest, or another two who have never played on the road. Um, and if you're not going, I mean, the only guy who's played on the road, right, in qualifying, right. or, or John Brooks, and, uh, and Brooks, and, and, and John Brooks, captain, those two, and, those and, two guys, and, you know, it, it kind of creates a, a perfect storm of, you know. Uh, Suspicion, I guess, of, of, or experience to see, you know, how you will handle those situations where you have to go to Trinidad Tobago the last week to qualify, and you know, you have way more experienced yeah. people who weren't able to do yep. that. So yep. we'll see. Right, right. No. Who's your Who's your backup for Stefan? 
Gabe, if you had to choose. I mean, we got Bill Hamid is in the mix. I think Matt Turner. I think, I think, I think the I Bill think Hamid should right be now. Um, unfortunately for the guy, you know, like <laughs> I feel like he's been the number three for a decade at this point, or I don't know how long it's been. Um, and he hasn't made the jump. Did he yeah. jump overseas for a second? I don't think it's I don't happened. Yeah. Started when he jumped overseas. Um, I think the problem, I, what I've seen again, Berhalter wants his goal is to be able to play with his, with play with their feet, and I don't think Hamid has that ability, at least not to the quality that Stefan. Stefan's got significantly better too on that level. I think that that's got to be one of the key pieces, not just shot stopping, but the ability to play. With I mean, his that's feet and, and that's what I wonder. It seems like yeah. he's kind of like locked in goalie, and, and if you are going that direction, what is your back three going to look like? You know, and and where is the experience going to come from? And are we just sending it you know and just saying that these are our best players and <laughs> yeah, yeah and they'll get experience as uh as they rack games yeah yeah no i mean brad guzan is another one in Number the mix three. maybe yeah, he's go. getting older <laughs> i think i i don't think i don't think he's there either i mean ethan horvath was another and, and sean johnson just looking at my depth chart like some of the ones that i have but i mean none of them are like super exciting for me let me ask you so, a question at this point um, it's kind of like how do, you, uh, how do you guys see the uh, the Concacaf qualifying go? How, how does the, the was it the six is it the six anymore? The hex uh, it, the, uh, the eight, eight the, was the it three get in and, and one goes to a playoff still or no? How do you see that? Yeah. How do you see that uh, kind of shaping out? Yeah, it's interesting. Like you can look at it two ways. Right now, there's more competition, so it's like wow, this is uh, going to be even tougher to to get in. But in, in other ways. In theory, those last couple teams that get in, in theory on paper, should be the weaker team. So it gives you a chance for four more wins there, right? So I think that when you have actually more games, I think the cream of the crop does rise to the top. You have more room for error at least. Whereas in that's in when it was just six, you you really had a lot less room for error. So I, I actually like it being the eight. Yeah, I think so too. Right? It's like the sky act. Right, we can play a double round, and if we get to play Caltech twice, then you uh, you mark. Well, who, you know, who, that's who's your third right there? You have, I theory. assume you have U.S. and Mexico being the automatic qualifiers. So who's the last third one? That's a great question. I, I got I feel you. like I don't I, even I, know. In, the other, I got Jamaica. Who do you Watch got? out for Jamaica. They're having they have the same dual nas- nationalism success that we're having recently, mm-hmm. um, with people changing from England over to to uh, Jamaica. You know. Raval Morrison, the new guy, or the guy from uh, West Ham who just recently uh, committed over, Mikel Antonio. So, um, you know, we're, I'm I think, say, I think Jamaica's tough. my third automatic qualifier. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if they finish above Man. Mexico, to be honest. I think it's going to go. I, my, the hot take wow. is USA, USA, Jamaica, That's what Mexico, we're here for. and then I'm not going to speak for that fourth place because anything can happen in Cotton <laughs> Man, I like it. So, you, so, yeah, you're feeling good about USA's chances right now, even after missing the last I World mean, Cup. that has nothing to do with the people who are on the team now. So, you know, when I Very when good. I got to college, I, you know, wasn't worried about what people did before me. So, there's only so much you can uh, you can hold on to for that. And I think that this new group of uh, kids at this point are almost more experienced than the, the previous generation was going going to Trinidad at the Vega. If you look at the, the group they're bringing in now and the games they played in, it's it's already um, equal at worst, I would say. <laughs> You're right. I would agree. I think uh, I think that kind of transitions like perfectly into kind of what we we're gonna finish on. I think which was 
We got U23 Olympic qualifiers coming up. Let's go. Right? Five days away from the first game. Haven't qualified since 2008. We got to do it this time, man. We got to get in. We got to, right? So, um, you know, head coach Jason Price has pulled up a, what, 20-man roster of uh, under-23s. And just curious, um, you know, who sticks out among them for you guys? Danny, anyone that, that, you know, someone that you're like, yeah, I definitely think this person might really break into our full national team after this um, U23. Yeah, I think I'm looking at a, at a few guys. Um, in the back, I don't, I don't think any of the goalies, um, but in the back, you got Julian uh, uh, Araujo and then Sam Vines at the outside back positions. I think those two guys I'm looking to have, um, I'm, I'm assuming both will be starters right and left back. Um, I think both those guys have already had experience, right, um, in, in previous national team games. So I think that we're looking right. for them to have a big qualifying here in the World Cup qual- or Olympic qualifying. Well, hold on, hold on. In the midfield, I'm looking. Spot. Add on to that, okay. Justin Glad. Again, the Redlands ties are deep. And if you have a brother who went to the University of Redlands, <laughs> it's like, like you're going to be a kid who you would want to, you know, back. And so, you know, I'm going to ride with Justin Glad as well. Fair. Um, okay. Exactly. There you, you like go. Red, Redlands connection. Hey, that's true. <laughs> okay. I like that. Right. I like that. Yeah. And, and the midfield, um, Gosh, I, I mean, it's interesting. You look a year ago, what this Olympic qualifying squad would have been. You would have, you would have had other guys like you know, Brendan Aronson would have been in here. Mark McKenzie would have been in there. Now they're over in Europe, right? They're not available. So in some ways, this squad is maybe a little bit weaker than what it would have been a year ago, um, which is concerning. Yet at the same time, I think our our depth has gotten a lot better. Um, so I, I do have right. confidence that we'll be able to qualify. Um, but yeah, you got me. Well, we know about Cardoso. Well, we know about him. Um, I mean, I thought he, you know, he didn't really have a chance to do much in, in the limited time he had uh, with the games back in November for the national team. But is he's he been playing, playing for international? Yeah, you know, in the Brazilian week. top league. Wow. Yeah, he's been playing, starting a number <laughs> of games. Yeah, I think that he's got yeah. potential to do real good things. I'm, I'm hoping to to see some good stuff from him. And um, who else in the midfield there? I mean, Ulysses, uh, you know, Yanez. Um, Yanez, yeah, Yanez out of all the group, I think is the one that, in my opinion, right now has the best chance of kind of breaking into the full national team. I agree. Yeah, Um, I like him a lot. Yeah, Uh, gosh, as a winger or anywhere in the midfield, really. I agree. And then, I mean, you got Jackson Ewell. I mean, he's he's someone who, if Tyler Adams goes down, he might be the one slotting right in there for us. Um, Unfortunately, we're a little little bit, you know, not we don't have the strongest depth in that sixth position. Right. This is an interesting one for me. Like I look at Jackson Yule versus Tyler Adams and they're almost complete opposites in terms of a six, right? Tyler Adams is the energizer bunny, covers ground, breaks up play, right? Jackson Yule is the silky smooth type of receive the ball, spray it and just dictate the play, right? So I think there's situationally like you use Tyler Adams in big games where you're not going to have the ball as much. And then on the other side of that, Jackson Ewell has been used in games where, yeah, we know we're going to outpossess our opponent. Like we just beat El Salvador or whatever it was, 6-0 or something. And Jackson Ewell is one of the guys who's just switching the point of attack and just bossing the game from that sixth spot. Um, but I, I think say, Johnny want, Cardoso and Andreas Perea as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what, that was my next. Uh, right. That's who I want to call that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about him. <laughs> yeah. Right. The Colombian Colombian American, right? Andres Perea, who just committed to us. Um he didn't have the best game yeah. when he subbed in, um, in that recent one. But um yeah, I mean I, I thought he was I thought he was decent. Um 
So curious what you think, Gabe. Johnny Cardoso versus Andreas Perea versus Jackson Newell. I mean, any of those guys as a backup for Tyler Adams? I'm, I'm, as I'm, a, I'm in the six. Gonna, what do you think? Jump, I'm going against some of the players in North now because I just don't like them. Um, so Jackson Newell's definitely going to be the bottom of the three for me. Um, <laughs> Well, well he's from Minnesota originally, but plays for the I love Andres Pereira. Um, you know, I was super excited to see him commit for now, at least to to join the the uh, the American effort or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and I'm not that familiar with Johnny Mendoza. Like I said, mm-hmm. I was surprised to hear he's starting in the international league. That's obviously one of the top clubs in South America. Um, and if he can hold it down, then then I'm more than and happy to, to back him and I think this is the perfect, perfect opportunity right like he's gonna he's gonna get his opportunity to hopefully start here or at least get playing time and and you know at the end of the day you gotta make the most of the minutes you get and so um, you know I think he's uh, if, it, if it's him if it's Cardoza and Pereira I'm happy with that and, and you know NorCal Earthquake can go to the bench <laughs> so yeah, harsh, but that's, real. that's why we invited Gabe I love on it. for the hot takes. I man. love it. So with that, <laughs> we covered we covered the midfield there. So yeah, what, yeah, so forward, the last the last section is the, the forwards, forwards man. I think we've got some exciting players there. I mean, um, gosh, obviously uh, Ferreira had a phenomenal last game. Um, you know, all these guys are young. Jonathan Lewis was someone who really stood out to me in that game as well. Dynamic. Can play in that winger type of position, right? Could potentially, I think, work mm-hmm. his way into one of those backup positions um, for the U.S. men's national team down the road here, and I think could be used as in qualifiers. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he he lit it up. I mean, those two guys, Ferreira, Ferreira and uh, and Jonathan Lewis, lit it up in that game. Well, it was against El Salvador recently, <laughs> right? I mean, the opponent wasn't wasn't fit and wasn't wasn't ready to go, but. Uh, I mean, he scored three goals, didn't he? I believe so. He had so. the hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so he's definitely that. someone to keep an eye on. No, he's someone to keep an eye on for sure for this Olympic qualifiers and see, okay, where does he stack up against, you know, our other wingers um, that we kind of have in our depth chart in, in the pool? Um, I mean, obviously Pulisic, Reyna, Ariola, Jordan Morris, um, De La Fuente, Ulianes could play out there as well. So, I mean, I think it's it's a big jump to try to, get in ahead of some of those guys but he's young enough and yeah you know to be able and hungry I, enough, I, so. I could see I, the other one too I, was gonna yeah, say, I could see him I could see him being a guy who moves overseas here to Europe in, in a year or so already been in Europe that's why we're at with South, uh, Sebastian sure. so um, I think uh, you know he's already played what entire career in Europe already whether it's in uh, the Netherlands well, he grew, well, he obviously he grew up in San Diego and But after that, he went to, I think, right? <laughs> England or, or the, the Netherlands. Uh, yeah, and, he, and he's, yeah, he plays you in know, Norwich, right? He's in the championship right now. And if you are impressed with Daryl DK, then I think you guys are definitely impressed with Sebastian Soto. So, uh... Yeah, he's definitely someone to keep an eye on for sure. He's in, he's in that depth chart for the nine spot as well curious to see how he does the other one too that i'm excited about uh, just from a personal standpoint is benji michelle from orlando city i mean i had the chance to coach benji uh at university of portland his sophomore year up there in, in 2017 so i got to know him a bit and, and uh man love benji 
such a exciting player um just athleticism wise and like mentality wise not the sharpest technically no doubt but like hungry and it's just such a pacey is there a reason winger um so i'm happy for him i don't think he's i don't think he's gonna you know be able to make the cut i mean i hope he just gets in some game times and earns a cap you know but uh, to to see him breaking in why yeah why why are we uh Mihailovic. Okay. All right. All right. No okay. I, he should not, he, 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 if your home should not be on the roster. Club <laughs> on you, then, like, I don't know, you know, if I want to ride for my, I don't know if I just want to ride for my country. Yeah. That's not a good time. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah, Gabe, Gabe, you, you see any big snubs that you, for this Olympic roster that you were like, wow, oh, how did that guy uh, not make this roster? Yeah. Yeah, Eric's Williams is like, Besides, Eric Williams, uh, hey, man. Uh, hey, Portland Timber. Hey, why is he not on there? I'm shocked. And yeah. and uh, Jeremy Abobasi as well, Portland Timber forward. I mean, you look at these two, the main nines that they have right here are Jesus Ferreira and Sebastian Soto. Right. And you're like, yeah. okay, well, uh, is Abobasi yeah. not in the mix for those two? I think yeah. that's the, I mean, the one-on-one. So of that, that, that feels like a snub. Who is in the mix and who's not in the mix, and how it changes from from camp to camp, and um, it seems like right. you know maybe all of us you know diehard U.S. men's national team fans have varied opinions of of what matters most, whether it's playing overseas, what division overseas versus versus America versus South America. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree with you guys. You know who a guy who I'm excited about for the future, too? I, he's still young, right? But just broke onto the scene this year. Uh, Caden Clark uh, for New York yep. Red Bulls. Man, what a talent. Um, I, I'm a little surprised mm-hmm. he didn't even get more of a look for this roster. Maybe his time will still come. But excited about him for sure. I mean, I think that, gosh, you just see it more and more now. I think since that 2017 disaster we didn't qualify, I think it's been happening even before that. Um, when you, you know, we, We've seen through... The, the academies and, and things like that is developing, developing these players. Um, I think we're going to see more and more talent come through the U.S. soccer system, um, whether then they go to college or if they go straight to the pro. I think we're seeing more the, our top guys go straight pro. Um, I think that I think that there, our youth is is strong right now, and we're going to see more and more 16, 17 year olds going over to Europe or into that straight into the MLS, and then. Um, so it's going to make it that much more challenging to to make these, you know, this U.S. men's national team because I think the competition is getting so much better, hoppy, which is right? only a good thing. Hoppy, is that what we're going to call it? Or how do you say the best thing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to call it the hoppy. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, yeah. No, from nowhere, yeah. just jumping to the European scene. Yeah, for sure. Well, exactly. For, yeah. 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 Well, well, I'm looking at, um, you know, just to finish up with yeah. this U23. I mean, we got. March 18th, taking on Costa Rica, and then the 21st, Dominican Republic, and then the big one on 24th. Will we, we'll, we'll so we both have six points in that game? All right, so mark your calendars. Yeah. Then it'll be about yeah. cheating you, for the I, I, I would assume Costa Rica. So. We, we better, Bo. If, I mean, if, we, if we're going to that Mexico game, I mean, points, well, that's it's a problem. Same for Mexico, though. Um, so, <laughs> if it, you gotta get, you gotta get yeah. three points against yeah. Costa Rica. No, it'll be exciting to watch. Yeah. 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 If you don't, you put yourself in a if real. You lose hole. that first game. Uh, Imagine losing the first game. You're done. Uh, right? that, 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 that almost. Yeah. Oh, that Mexico U twenty. That Mexico Mexico put in a good U twenty three. I haven't squad. checked out the Costa Rica uh, squad yet, but they. So I think have it's gonna be tough. Is 
is is Efrain Alvarez playing for Mexico's U23s? Well, I, you know, I saw that he got he got the, he accepted the call up to the Mexico. Yeah, National I think he went full national, national, right? He just skipped it, um, right? Okay, okay, but. <laughs> It's when, when you play for yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, it's exciting, man. I'm uh marking calendars. Well, I think we can touch base after these games and, and see, you know, who played well and uh, who we think didn't play well and who maybe has a better We're chance on the West of Coast. What's the time you know, game breaking on? into the yeah. squad. Well, I think that they're in the late afternoon or evening. Um, they're like 4.30 or 5 p.m., somewhere in that time range. So Who's, who's got it? Is it Fox? Good, you know, Fox Sports I guess kind of good for us. Okay. They're getting the one? F- FS1, the one. yeah. Telemundo as well. <laughs> Fox Sports 1, okay. I believe, yeah. Right. I believe so. I know what I'm doing on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Mark your calendar. Well, it's great because then right after that, right, the after the, these qualifiers, then we've got the U.S. Men's National Team friendlies uh, the week after that. Um, so hopefully we'll see some good performances there. Actually bringing the full squad... I'm hoping healthy all together at once. We haven't yes. seen that in a long, long time. Yep. So I think some exciting yep. weeks ahead here. But Gabe, man, you've been a phenomenal, phenomenal I guest. I think you're and by the time we talk here. next time, I hope um, that uh, Whole City is fully promoted. <laughs> and uh, I can be a little bit more relaxed and, and go with the flow. Uh, because I'm obviously very stressed right now. Um, you know. Yeah. Being, being the top take, top yeah, right. Not, you know, it's not easy on <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. Hey, don't no, it's not. Even right? if it is League One, yeah, well said, Gabe. Well said. Nobody's a Man City fan. <laughs> All right, boy. Well, it was, sure. it was an honor That's true. to be here, and I will be back whenever you want. <laughs> right on. Yeah, it's good to see, good to see you, Gabe. Always fun. Always fun chatting with you. It's national team. So. Until next time. There it is, yeah. Until next time. Play the Advantage, episode number two, concluded. Nice work, gentlemen. Talk to you all soon.